Outside the Box. Hello and welcome to October's Outside the Box. Just me, Hannah Dunleavy and Jen. Jen offered this week. Hello, Jen. Hi, I feel like I should say something ridiculous because Mickey isn't here, but I'm not going to. I'll just say hi. Okay, so this time of year, Jen, traditionally autumn, TV slots are absolutely jam-packed. Autumn's always the time where there's more stuff on than you can manage to watch. Not so this year, though. At the minute, only the BBC have sort of shown their hand of what their big dramas are. Maybe it's something to do with the strike, but I think that a lot of streaming services or channels haven't actually had a lot of really big drama on. Now TV is still sitting on all of the things that we're waiting for. Netflix is sitting on. I wonder if it's because of the strike, maybe, that they're spreading out what available stuff they've got. But, for example, if you're waiting for The Lazarus Project, which is Sky... That's now going to be November. If you're waiting for Julia, which we were told autumn, still no date on that. If you're waiting for The Crown, which is on Netflix, last series of The Crown, that's not coming till the end of November and mid-December. It's coming in two chunks of six episodes. All the Light We Cannot See, the adaptation of Anthony Dawes' like Pulitzer Prize-winning novel on Netflix. Where is that? I mean, that's Stephen Knight, so I'm not so excited about that. You know who he is. He's that guy who writes, like, Peaky Blinders and that mad SAS tank thing. Uh, so I can't say oh God, I'm right, looking okay. for it. The Newsreader, <laughs> currently airing in Australia, no date for when we're going to get it here. So I feel like we were told a lot of stuff was coming in autumn, and it is still not here. But we have managed to watch quite a lot of stuff, but by way of an explanation... Everything I've watched is on the BBC, which is unusual. Everything I've watched is on the Beeb. Have you managed to watch some stuff on some different channels, Jen? Yeah, I have. I've watched something on ITV and I've watched something on Channel 4. Well done. Okay. I want to start quickly with Ghosts, because you get to a stage where I don't know what else I can say about Ghosts, except we're now on the fifth and the final (laughs) series, with the exception... I thought we'd done that. No. How have we not done that? No, with the exception that there's one more episode left which is the christmas episode and i'm sure it'll be charming Mm -hmm. as hell everything about ghosts is wonderfully charming and warm and we've said it all before the fact that they've managed to achieve something where all members of a family can sit down and watch it across three up to three generations or maybe more in some families and everybody loves it is an extraordinary achievement lots of think pieces about ghosts and why it succeeded out of the minute because obviously we're on the last series i really like the fact that whenever it's got a real emotional punch to deliver it makes julian do it because julian is the least sympathetic character simon farnaby's julian and i think it's interesting because it means that it never goes too far into saccharin yeah that's ghosts for you jen should we go from utterly charming to two terrible horrible stories of horror that have existed in the UK. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with The Reckoning? We've got three. We've got three horrible stories, although I'd say, yeah, those those two are party gates. Yeah. A bit awful, isn't it? But, um, yeah, these are probably I'd objectively more awful. Yeah, I don't know. Should we stick with the BBC for a minute? Why don't you tell <laughs> us about The Long... Is it called The Long Shadow? Which is on ITV. Yeah, The Long okay, Shadow. Yeah. Okay. 
The Long Shadows is currently on ITV, but you can watch all of the episodes on ITVX. It stars friend of the podcast, David Morrissey, amongst many, many, many others. Too too many to mention. And it is, of course, about Peter Sutcliffe, who I think all of our listeners will be aware is uh, was a prolific serial killer who killed women many of whom were sex workers um although there were obviously others as well so basically what it the does yorkshire is ripper. it charts the yorkshire ripper yeah so it basically charts the police's efforts to apprehend and bring to justice the ripper and basically how fucking awful they were at doing so and the myriad errors made in that case and yeah, I think... I know you were a bit conflicted about it, Hannah, because a lot of people were sort of saying it's really good because it, you know, it focuses on the women. Uh, and obviously there was a, I think, BAFTA-winning documentary a few years prior and you yeah. interviewed the director. I watched about 10 minutes of it and then I thought, no, I'm just... I'm not going to watch mm. any more of this. Not because I found anything that I saw upsetting or annoying or whatever. I just thought, you know what? I don't need this in my life. I have already watched an mm. absolutely amazing documentary, yeah, by Lisa Williams, who was on this podcast. Yeah. About what went wrong in the investigation and sexism yeah. and classism and racism and all of the stuff that caused this to not be solved for such a long time. But also I saw mm. an incredible amount of uh, stuff of including you know like Lucy Mangan said it in the Guardian of people saying nobody's ever done a uh, a cop drama or a TV drama like this before and and that annoyed me because yeah they have the Danish drama that's named currently escapes me that was about about, about the, the submarine, submarine murder, murder of the journalist was done yeah. in a way that that absolutely did not bring the guy who did it into it and also. 15 odd years ago, the BBC drama Five Daughters managed to tell mm. the story of the Ipswich murders without mentioning or having in the guy and entirely focusing on the victims and what it was like to live in the town. And I just got annoyed because I just think you shouldn't review television if you haven't seen any television or haven't seen enough television. But I, th- I guess what I would say to that is, and I think you're absolutely right, obviously it has been done before, but also like Sutcliffe is in it. He does come in in the last couple of episodes when they're actually getting close to finding him and obviously to make the point that this guy was interviewed by the police nine times before yeah. he was actually caught and charged. I think you're absolutely right. And obviously there was a fantastic documentary made about it, which we know, and you you did speak to Lisa Williams about it. I suppose all I would say to that is that obviously drama is a bit more accessible to people. Not everyone wants to watch a documentary. Uh, except I think that the issue of true crime is different. I think people do watch true crime documentaries. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I would argue yeah. that they're probably more likely to watch a true crime documentary than a true crime drama because people are a bit weird about true crime, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. I think that this. I do, I do think that this probably makes it more accessible in some ways. I think there is merit in doing it, and I think that what they do brilliantly is they really do make the point of the sexism and the racism that was prevalent in the force that were charged with dealing with this. They really do make the point that the attitudes that were held towards the women, towards the women that had been attacked and survived. And and just that, I mean, I'm watching it with my mum and we're just 
I just repeatedly just going, fucking mm. hell. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is, I, I'm, I haven't watched anything in a while that made me feel as angry as this made me feel. And I do mm. know about it because I've watched the same documentary and obviously listened to your brilliant interview with Lisa. So I do know about it, but it, it did still evoke all of those feelings in me. So I do think, I mm. think they've done a good job. It's utterly, utterly miserable because there's 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 nothing good that, that can be taken from this story. It's utterly miserable. But I, I did feel compelled to watch all of it because even though I knew how it played out, I wanted to see it play out. So I think I think it's they they did a good job. Towards the end of it, sorry, spoiler alert if you don't know what happened, but when he is caught in Sheffield and taken in by police there for having like the wrong like stolen number plates on his car basically but they make the connection they go hang on a minute this guy has anyone interviewed him before and they phone the police at leeds who are the ones you know the the police in charge with investigating the case and they say we we've got this guy here we think he might be worth you know someone coming and having a chat to him because we don't think we can hold him that long for this sort of fairly minor offence, but we we feel instinctively that there's yeah. this warrants further investigation, and they just say, "Oh, it's really late. <laughs> there's no one here. We're not we're not going to send anyone at this time of night." Soz, and you're just like, "What the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? What's wrong with you?" Yeah, like I say, I've not seen anything in a while that made me feel as enraged as this did. Well, maybe that's a good thing, Jen. And leads us on to the other absolute sort of horror that awaits Mm. viewers, which is The Reckoning. BBC's four part, is it four parts? I can't remember, I've watched it all, but... I think it it is four parts, but I've only seen one. About Savile. Now, I have to say, absolutely clear as day, had this not been Jeff Pope and Steve Coogan, I would not have watched it i don't feel the need to see a drama about jimmy savile and i don't feel the need to understand what went wrong because i think it's pretty clear what went wrong but jeff pope is incredibly good writer and steve coogan is an incredibly good actor and they've worked together a lot and the stuff Mm. they've done together is brilliant so they've got good chemistry or professional chemistry whatever you want to say about it so i thought i would give it a try interestingly jeff pope ordinarily works for itv as a rule this is on the bbc i think the bbc had to have it i think if the bbc had not got involved over this they would have been roundly criticised. It is made by, um, sorry, it is made by ITV Studios, yeah, yeah, though, isn't but it? it ha- Rather than the yeah, BBC. Yeah, but I mean, it has to be on yeah. the BBC. I, I... Yeah. But that said, they are never, ever, ever going to get away from this, the BBC. They're never going to get away from it in the same way that, you know, Blair isn't going to get away from the Iraq war or Ben Johnson isn't going to get away from doping. They are just the defining incidents I don't really know what they were hoping by putting it on. But here we are. I watched all four episodes. I know you've watched one. I think it builds tension really well. I don't think it it can be accused of being exploitative since it has some survivors, you know, in it, talking directly to camera. 
I think some survivors will think it's manipulative or exploitative and they won't agree. But when you're talking about a victim pool that's as wide as as Jimmy Savile's victim pool, they're not all going to agree. I think it goes out to show him as being a singular manipulative sociopath, which I'm not saying that he wasn't. But what I'm saying is that's quite a convenient opinion to have of Savile, given that it kind of makes... It seemed like a lot of organisations could hold their hands up and say, what could we have done? Yeah. How could we have known? That said, it does show a number of people, predominantly women, I will say, saying that they are uncomfortable with him being in the positions that he's in and being dismissed and ignored. And, you know, men at the BBC or men at various places in the social strata saying, yeah, it'd be fine, he understands kids, it's fine. I think Steve Coogan is really good at it. He is undoubtedly like a world-class mimic and therefore I, I had no worries that he wouldn't come across as as Savile but actually it's it's a whole performance it's not just a voice the way he holds his head slightly back like that when he's talking to people is yeah really unnerving how he does that he's sort of picked out little traits in him that said I do have a couple of problems with it in as much as Steve Coogan is famous for being Partridge obviously a partridge comes from a collection of ticks and cliches that pervade journalism and local journalism and DJing and those things, many of which came directly from Jimmy Savile himself. Oh, I didn't Or know indirectly that. Okay. from Jimmy Savile. Jimmy Savile yeah. one of the first famous DJs, really. Sure, and therefore, yeah. a lot of the stuff he says, there's a bit where he pitches a show to the BBC where he's talking about travelling the highways and byways of the UK and you're like, fuck me, does that sound partridge? That sounds crazy partridge. Mm. And for Coogan to be saying it, it's really hard for your brain not to just go partridge, 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 partridge. So sadly, in the same way the BBC will never get away from Savile, I do wonder whether Coogan's ever going to get away from Partridge. Partridge reflects back the media to us and therefore, mm, you know, yeah. it, when when he's in this situation. I wonder what you made of it. I, that's interesting because I don't really ever associate Partridge with Savile. I associate him way more with Richard Maidley. Yeah, but um, what I'm saying is there's like a progression. That's yeah. how it started, how popular sort yeah, of... Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really get the Partridgeisms from him. I thought he was fantastic and I thought what he does really well as I said only seen one episode but I think what he does really well is reflect I don't know if you will have seen it I'm sure Hannah but for listeners who may not have seen it the the Louis Theroux meets yeah episode where he meets Jimmy Savile and he is really the way he just bats things away just deflects 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 all the time and obviously we didn't know about him then what we know now but i think he gets that like absolutely spot on when he's talking to the the biographer the way he kind of controls the situation is like i just think he does it really really well i think steve coogan's fantastic in it he is very very menacing they're doing it quite a lot at the moment. They do it in Partygate as well, which I'll, we'll probably come on to. And, and Mickey was talking about um, a drama about um, the opioid crisis yeah. in America where they're bringing in these victims, etc., to to talk about stuff. And I can see the value in it, but it does kind of 
I don't know. It's sort of like, is this a documentary? Is it a drama? Do, do mm. you know what I mean? It kind of like crosses the streams a bit. Yeah, I don't. I didn't feel compelled to watch more of it than I did. I felt like I'd seen enough. I read some of the reviews and the kind of like overwhelming consensus seemed to be Steve Coogan's really good, but what is this actually bringing mm. to the party? Like, what does this add? And I guess I would say to that... Like I said, because there was one point the other week where I said to my mum, well, what do you want then? Do you want Savile or Sutcliffe? And it's just like, you know. And so I think what I would say to that is, yes, I can see the point in that. Where does it, what does it do? What does it add? But again, I think it is a little bit about accessibility. Maybe not everyone will have read all of the news reports. Not everyone will have... I mean, it's hard not to have followed it to some extent, but I guess it is about opening it up to a wider audience. So I think, like, it doesn't feel to me like it's titillating in any way. It doesn't feel to me like it's exploitative. It doesn't feel... It feels to me like it is literally just telling the story. And I do think that there's probably always value to be had in that, right? Unless it's told in a particularly bad way. I agree in the sense that I think that Somebody was going to make hmm. a drama about Jimmy Savile. Yeah. I'm glad it was Jeff Pope. I would hope yeah. that nobody else feels the need to make one now. I'd like to say it's hmm. done. Someone's done it. I'm glad it was someone who didn't fuck it up. Fair. And now we can not move on because we can't move on because obviously people are still living with the repercussions of it. But hmm. the, the arts can move on. And I guess, yeah, the, the only thing... Which you've kind of already said, I guess, is just like, it's all a bit hand-wringy, isn't it? Like, Yeah. And is that what the situation calls for? I don't know. Like yeah, I, yeah. like you said, the BBC can't atone for this. It, it's, it's done. A couple of other really good performances in it, worth saying. Gemma Jones and Siobhan Finneran, both of whom we like a lot. So, yeah, it definitely was made with love, even if hate the idea of it okay let's move on let's have a break in fact okay jen tell me what else you've been watching please can it not have some scum of the earth in it oh oh i've got one more and i've mentioned it twice already so shall i get it over and done with yeah Um, i have watched the documentary drama i think is officially what it's called party gate on channel four which is obviously about the infamous parties held at number 10 Downing Street during various lockdowns over the COVID period. Um, the COVID period, because, like, I mean, it's still happening, isn't it? But anyway, during that time, and, you know, we all we all know what happened, so I'm not going to go into that, but it's... So basically, it looks at what went on in number 10 at that time, and it's based on... I think it's based on real-life testimony from the Sue Gray report, the damning Sue Gray report into what happened. And no one comes out of it terribly well. (laughs) It's horrific to watch, but then you're kind of like, how much of this is 
the conversations have been made up that you know a lot of the conversations have been have been created for dramatic purpose and mm. you, so the events you know like the swing gets broken in the kids swing gets broken in the garden you know someone's sick in a bin blah 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 all of these yeah. things that we know happened and were detailed in the gray report but some of the conversations around it are i don't know i think it's a little bit one-dimensional the characters in it are a bit one-dimensional and it is on channel four which obviously is you know i think we can probably fairly say quite a left-leaning oh absolutely yeah institution channel whatever you want to call it and obviously they are showing us a bunch of tories so (laughs) they don't deal with them terribly sympathetically do they deserve to be dealt with sympathetically i don't know i think you could argue if you were being generous, there are things you could argue about the immense pressure they were under, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I think you would have to be quite generous to to make yeah. that case. And especially, I, I don't think it's a case I would be making if I had lost someone to COVID in that time. Well, so quite. I think it does kind of bring home how horrific it was for people who did suffer immensely in that time for whatever reason because it's not just about losing a person it could be losing a job it could be losing your home it could be domestic abuse it could be you know you know your mental health it could be all sorts of things we're all impacted in really really massive ways by what went on but I do feel a little bit like there was a little bit of throwing people under the bus so individual people in that situation so you know like political advisors uh people who worked in the office etc cetera, etc cetera. there was a bit of like here's a horrible tory let's throw them under the bus and i'm not i'm not saying by the drama do you mean yeah by the drama i think and i'm not sure how helpful that is because i think the real thing we should be looking at rather than saying this person's a terrible cunt aren't oh, it's, they? it's definitely it's the culture we should be looking at the culture yeah. rather than individual people yeah. who were caught up in it i think anyone who doesn't get how horrific it was what happened or you know how how badly that sticks in the throat of everyone else anyone who doesn't get that is clearly an entitled prick and they're never going to get it like this drama is not yeah gonna do that for them so what is the point in just throwing individuals under the bus so i felt quite conflicted about it is the short answer thank you right talking of uh blood-sucking Terrible people. Uh, interview with a vampire. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. So they've made they've made a TV series, have they? They have. They've made a TV series, not of Interview with a Vampire, of the entire sort of whatever the Anne Rice sort of Vampire yeah. Chronicles. They're probably called the Vampire Chronicles, yeah. aren't they? I think it's a trilogy, is it? I don't know. But a bit like Game of Thrones, rather than call it the Vampire Chronicles, they've gone with the most famous name first. Sure. So... Game of Thrones is the name of the first book in the Song of Fire and Ice, which is the Game of Thrones series. Yeah. But the entire series is named after the first book. So it's it's a similar thing here. The entire series is going to be called Interview with the Vampire, but every season, as it was, is going to be a different book. In okay. It. This is my understanding. So, yeah, I didn't know this existed till it literally turned up on the iPlayer the other day and I was looking for something to watch. And I thought, oh, fuck it, that will do. Because it has in it Jacob Anderson and Sam Reed. Both names might not be especially familiar to people, but Jacob Anderson 
talking of Game of Thrones, he was Grey Worm, the sort of monosyllabic Grey Worm in Game of Thrones. And Sam Reed, who is in loads of great stuff, including Lambs of God, The Thing About the Feral Nuns, and also he's in The Newsreader, which I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And saying, when is it coming back? Right. This first series has seven episodes. Jen, did you ever see the film Interview with a Vampire? I did. Yeah, many, many years ago. But yes, I did. Have you read the book? No. No, me neither. I've seen the film because it was film de jour. Yeah. I thought it was a bit crap. (laughs) Mostly because Tom Cruise was not correctly cast and also Christian Slater can't act. Who's Christian Slater in it? He's the guy that's doing the interview. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I watched this just because I thought, I wonder what they've made of it. I have to say, it is different, obviously, in a number of... It may or may not translate to being more pure to the book or whatever. I don't know. I haven't read the book. What I will say is, Jacob Anderson and Sam Reed have absolutely loads of fucking chemistry, whereas Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise had none. None at all. So... Sam Reed is playing Lestat, that is the bad guy of the bad guys in this. Jacob Anderson is playing Louis. They are a couple, which is something that is only hinted at, because obviously 1980s or 90s America wasn't ready for a gay love story, and 2022 is when this was actually made, mm-hmm. is ready for that. Claudia is played by an actress called Bailey Bass. She's aged up a bit, which kind of gets... Re- Around some of the more sort of slightly weird Yucky. and iffy things. Yeah. yeah. Of that. Still set in New Orleans. It's made by AMC, which is interesting because there was a period in which AMC looked like they, they might be challenging HBO from being sort of the best telly. They were making Mad Men, they made Breaking Bad, they had loads and loads of really good mm. stuff. And then they sort of basically started making stuff like The Walking Dead and then just focused on that sort of telly because it was making mm. them money. So I'm not, with that in mind, I'm not entirely sure who this is for. Probably teenage girls, I would say, predominantly. I don't think I'll watch any more of it, but I thought it was interesting enough to watch. I do like Sam Reed, and he is genuinely brilliant in this. Genuinely just crackingly good. I believe him in a way that Tom Cruise was utterly unbelievable jen anything else i have watched the first episode of the new sunday night was not new now it's probably about three episodes in the sunday night bbc primetime dramatic offering which is boiling point which i didn't know until you told me the other week hannah is based on a film of the same name i don't know if it's a reworking of the film into a series Mm mm-hmm or whether it's what happened when the film ended, now a series. It's what happened when the film ended. Well, see, this is the reason I haven't yeah. watched it. Because I was under the impression that Stephen Graham dies at the end of the film. He does not. Does he have a heart attack at the end of the film? Yeah. Yeah. He's not dead. Spoiler alert, he right. is not dead. So what's happened is, so bearing in mind I've not watched the film and um, I'm very unprepared, so I can't tell you any of the characters' names because I've only watched one episode basically there's a new restaurant in london's fashionable dalston where uh you will know uh, i used to live and it's called 
point north or something like that where basically what she's done is the uh, northern lady who is like the head chef and co-owner of the business has taken her staff from the old restaurant or some of them and brought them into this new restaurant which she now co-owns right. at the end of the film Stephen graham's characters had a heart attack i presume is that for net robinson yes she brought some of her staff with her who were implicated in what happened at the end of the film She's got a mum, played by Kathy Tyson. And there's some sort of issues with her unfolding, and it's all just a bit of a mess because they're trying to get people to invest in the restaurant, as people do, and she's fucked off all of her staff members by basically landing them in shit and just being a terrible employer, I would say. Um, so I think what is looking like is going to happen after the first episode is that they're going to bring... Stephen Graham's character back post post heart surgery Stephen Graham back into the fold but he's got a lot of problems by the looks of things uh yeah hell of a lot of problems yeah. and um can be seen sitting around with a big scar on his chest drinking a lot of cans of special brew so I didn't love it I thought a lot of it was like just watching scenes of people cooking food which wasn't like is not terribly interesting to me there's quite a lot of like Where's the shoe? Where's the shoe? I, I don't care. Like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not here to watch that. If I wanted to watch that, I'd watch another fucking episode of Australian MasterChef with my mum. Like, yeah, I will say, I thought the film was brilliant. Because the film's done in a single take. In a single shot, in a single take. Okay, yeah. Which means that you're sort of constantly moving through it and you're with them the whole time and it's really claustrophobic. Yes, that does come across, yeah. And it's just their opening night and it's unbelievably stressful. And I think it really does capture how stressful it is to work in a yeah. kitchen. My brother said he, he couldn't watch it. Yeah. He thought he was going to have, he was thought he was going to have a heart attack watching it. Cause it was just too, cause he's obviously a chef and he's yeah. like, it's too much. He's a bit like that about the bear. He's like, sometimes I can't watch the bear cause it's just too much. And it was also about Stephen Graham's character being in, you know, such a mess. And mm. as, as the restaurant sort of, as the night moves on, he, his health deteriorates. And I thought he died, and I thought that was the end of it. And I don't know how I feel about the series now, because that's obviously changed what happened at the end of it. I am convinced he died at the end of it. Yeah. I think he only now hasn't died at the end of it, so they can make a series out of it. Yeah. And so I'm really not that interested in it, because also, without, sorry, without that great sort of trick, whatever you want to call it, of doing it in a single take and all of that, Mm. I wonder what there is to be, to be got out of it. Is it because the bear stole well, great chunks out of Boiling Point that they want to say, hang on, we could make this, we could make the bear as well, because that's actually our idea? Well, I mean, maybe that is it. I've only watched a couple of episodes of the bear, so I don't know. And maybe it is done a single take. I don't, I don't really know. Like, I, I, what I would say is, like, it definitely does get that sort of claustrophobic, really intense, blah, 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 like, nature of being in a kitchen that does come across really well. And I said to my mum, I was like, it's making me too anxious. Like, I don't... Yeah. I, I just feel, like, really, really anxious watching it. Because there's, like, a guy in there who clearly doesn't have the skills that he's supposed to have and blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, oh, what's going to happen to him? I didn't love it. it. It did feel a lot like I'm watching people crumble up flowers and sprinkle them on, on like, puddings. Yeah. And I... I'm just not interested. <laughs> With the best will in the world, I'm just not interested. So I don't know. Fair I feel like, no pun intended, it might be a bit of a slow burn, maybe. It might be worth watching another episode and seeing how that goes down. But um, yeah, I'm not going to hurry to do that, probably. 
Well, that was a kind of collective yeah, about this month. <laughs> Outside the box.